What's up, guys? Connor O'Hanlon here for another episode of the Con O Show. And today, we're going to be weaving in the real life with the pop culture. We're going to be talking about labor rights. We're going to be talking about wealth inequality uh, as they are applying today. We're going to talk about some school board madness as usual, pretty much uh, as as will be continuing from now, probably through the next two years or so. Um and we're going to continue talking about uh, the various debates and and and, and pushing back on the uh, within the Democratic Party and within the <laughs> establishment at large on you know reconciliation on um, infrastructure bills whatnot. But first off, we are going to talk about uh, the enormous amount of labor strikes that are going on right now as we talk as we were talking right now there is uh kellogg's workers going on strike nursing uh nurses going on strike all across the country there are numerous other uh strikes going on that i can't even off the top of my head bring up but what is important here why it is important to bring up on a show like this in a time like this is because you can recall probably nearly a year ago today uh, probably actually a little bit shorter than a year ago I was talking specifically about why we need to exercise and learn the power of our labor now I, f- I do find um <laughs> This is a bit of a meta discussion right here in the beginning, but um, if you guys follow online progressive media, online, you know, even further than to the left of progressive media, uh, you you probably know who Hassan Piker is. And if you if you follow any political media, probably on Facebook, you probably know who Ben Shapiro is. Uh, or if you're a far right winger, you probably know who Ben Shapiro is. They've been clashing at each other and whatnot, but. My takeaway from their exchange is the def like the people's uh, understanding of your rights in regards to your labor. Now, both of them claim that each one of their ideologies is pure in the sense that you reap what you sow from your labor. Now, I tend to uh, disagree with, especially disagree with what Ben Shapiro is putting forth as. He claims to be this capitalist, um, you know, this pure capitalist and saying that, you know, in capitalism, you reap the benefits of your labor, which clearly, quite clearly is not the case. And Hassan is way to my left, but I, I, I don't need to criticize him in this in this portion. My point is that um, the deaf, like the understanding of a worker reaping the benefits of the from the fr- getting receiving the fruits of their labor whether that be through pay whether that be through their benefits etc neither neither of the what they believe in is is reality and neither of what they believe in is what's going on right now currently workers are being exploited in a time where we have the covid-19 pandemic and this is where it ties into my my discussion a little bit less than a year ago is you need to understand that this term essential worker was used in a way to exploit the mindset of the people 
Because throughout time, those same essential workers have been essential. They're called, they were called that in a way to promote them as heroes, as this other thing, this, this mythological, uh, fictional hero. Now, I am not saying that these people are not heroes, and you might be one of them. My, 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 my own family, I have people that are, were deemed essential workers. But that phrase, that term, that distinction never came with the essential worker pay or the essential worker benefit. A lot of like, let's just, I mean, I come from a union family. I come from a family where my dad works as uh, a transit worker. And in public transit, you are 120% essential. You are essential to getting other people to work. You are essential to making the economy run by getting people from A to B. But when it came down to it, were those people given extra benefits? Were those people given, and I'm, I'm saying those people, I mean, again, talking about like my own family here, was the benefit of putting your own life on the line there during a global pandemic? No, the answer is no. And the labor that is put in, the risks that are put in are clear as day, not leading up to an equivalent in the benefit. They are not reaping the benefit of their labor. None of us truly are, I don't believe. Um, now, some people may be at the top, the people that are disproportionately out earning what they should through the exploitation of other people's labor, but that's another that's another topic, I guess. But when it comes to workers' rights, we have to remember, together, our labor funds, because it is, when you talk about capital, labor is the most valuable thing that you can put into a product. Labor is the most important thing that you can give in a service. Labor is essential no matter what. And when you strip away the safety precautions for people, when you strip away the, the, the wages that people should get paid, when you strip away and have health care contingent upon having a job, these are the times where we collectively must flex our muscle. So it is great to see strikes going on across the country where people are flexing their power. I mean, I believe the Frito-Lay one is over. Um, and frankly, again, it's hard to keep up with all of them just from an outsider's perspective. And... This Kellogg's one with reports of people working six or seven days a week with upwards between 16-hour shifts. There is no doubt in my mind that striking is the right thing to do. When you're talking, you're not talking about a mom and pop shop. You are not talking about a small business that could not afford to pay their workers more. 
You're talking about some of the largest, biggest employers in our country. We should be proud and stand in solidarity with every single worker in this country at this time. Because the workers are what make businesses possible. Now, I, I love shopping at small businesses, and I personally do not buy anything on Amazon other than the newest. I did buy one video game that Amazon made. I will, I will uh, own up to that. But other than that, right, I go to shop at local businesses because you know what makes a local small business so unique? That owner is working. That owner is there. That owner knows every one of their employees. That owner cares about the community, or they should. And if they don't, then they're probably not going to succeed. Every small business that I go to in my town thrives because those pers- that person, that owner, those people, multiple owners, are part of the community. They care about the community. They care about the people that work for them. They pay the people that work for them correctly. And it's not radical to propose that these companies that make billions of dollars a year pay their workers their fair share. It's not radical for their workers to not have to work 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 hour shifts. We're in a modern era uh, where realistically the eight hour workday might be outdated. Now that again, that might seem or sound crazy to some people, but reminder, how much time do people waste at work by, you know, walking around or talking to people. I mean, this is an office setting. I mean, there's a lot of people that are worked to the bone every second of their day. But if you're in an office, how much time can be reduced based on, you know, bullshitting, frankly? A lot. The efficiency in our jobs is not rewarded. At least I know <laughs> personally, efficiency is not rewarded it is a certain time a certain effort that is put in through your time now time to me is the most valuable asset we all have because it's very limited money money is is an asset that we all need but it is not something that is extremely limited as time When you strip somebody's life away from making them work 12 to 16 hours a day, when they cannot go see their kids, when they can't spend time with their significant other, when they can't enjoy themselves, when they can't sleep, it is 100% reasonable that those people decide that they want to go on strike. It is 100% reasonable. There's nothing radical about it. And... Where this, I want to weave this into the like pop culture stuff is specifically with, if you guys have followed on Netflix, the show Squid Game, which 
I have not finished yet, but I, I it was it was fitting that I talk about it in this episode because only I'm only four episodes in, but the clear, clear hammering of the wealth inequality that is baked into that show. The fact that those, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but the messages of control, the message of desperation in debt, in wealth inequality that leads someone to do the things that happen in the show. The qualities of solidarity in showing that a a group of people can team up, work together, and survive and thrive if they decide to stand together rather than against each individual person or stand against the person up or the entity above them rather than fight amongst themselves. It's very metaphorical, and I, I, I know that parts of the show are actually specific um, references to worker strikes and unionization. Now, I am not actually uh, versed in, uh, you know, South Korean uh, union rights and all that other stuff, but just, uh, just the fact that it is so popular in America... And it, I, I don't know if I can say it goes over everyone's head, because it definitely doesn't go over everyone's head, but it goes over a lot of people's heads and they, they enjoy the show without the critical look as to like, what is this writer saying? What are these directors saying? What What is this, this actor portraying that could be real, that could be applicable to my life, to American life? Because it's not an American show. But I would argue that the cartoonishness of the of the you know obviously the games the show is called Squid Game, but the games that are played in the show are obviously like over uh, dramatized. They're over uh, cartoonish, but it's stylistic rather than saying, "Hey, like we're gonna work it to the bone, and you have to fight each other for a wage." Rather than saying, uh, you know, <laughs> you have to work two or three jobs to get by. It's, you know, you're playing, this doesn't happen in the show that I'm aware of. You're playing dodgeball or you're, you're doing this or that, that like, it's metaphorical and uh, I really enjoy it. So if you're a fan of this show, uh, I would suggest you watch that. And look at it in that critical lens. I mean, everybody, you know, it's funny because I am always hesitant in uh, the biggest pop culture thing, right? Like, I like to watch it kind of separate from the hype. But everyone was telling me, you have to watch this, you have to watch this, you have to watch this. Like, your politics would definitely grasp the the underlying uh, message here and it's not hidden like it's not hidden at all which is why I think it's important to like promote it and be like hey even if you're you know ultra conservative you this message might get through and I hope it does but you know 
the fact that we still are arguing about the unemployment rate, we're still talking about jobs, like uh, this job market and whatever. And it's like unemployment, the unemployment benefits have been cut off. There's still no impact on jobs from that. Uh, the job creation is slow because people cannot hire other people because there's not enough people to hire because they are not getting paid enough. People don't want to risk their lives like they do in Squid Game to go work for $7.25. People don't want to work three jobs anymore. Like, I know it's kind of like a an overstatement of how many, I think it's overstated how many people work multiple jobs, but the fact that there are tens of millions of people in this country that work two, three jobs to get by should tell you where the problem is. It's not with a lazy populace, because I can tell you Americans are not lazy. Humans, broadly speaking, might be lazy, in some people's opinion, but some animals don't do anything all day either. So that's it's like a stupid um it's like a stupid comparison, right? We're not lazy. Americans specifically are not lazy. The want for a better life, the fight for a better society, the fight for a better country. The fight to reduce the amount of time that you are working to increase the time that you are enjoying life. Again, a thing that you have a limited resource of time is not a crazy thought. It's a it's actually the most reasonable thing that you can possibly think of. Now you might be lucky and you might have a job that you personally love, but the vast majority of people do not and never will. And I hope you personally get to do that thing that you want to do and you enjoy. But trust me, I would much rather have the free time to do what I like, to write music, to write my book, to paint, to lift weights, to hang out, to relax, to enjoy life, than spend that extra couple of hours working. And... Jobs provide people with a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose, a something greater than themselves. So people will work. People want to work. But there's a balance. When you have to work is when you become exploited or potentially exploited. When you have to work to live, when you have to work a certain job because nothing else is available to you is when the potential for exploitation takes place. When you have debt, when you need to pay for a kid, when you need to pay for your kid's college or your kid's schooling in general or housing, food, is when you become exploitable. And we should reduce as much as we possibly can those burdens, so then people choose to work. It gives them freedom to work. 
gives them freedom of choice of where and when and how much they want to work. And if you want to start that business, you have the ability and the freedom to go start that business because the workers before you fought for your rights to get paid a decent wage and that and that gap period of when you might not be making any money as a startup business, as a small business, you're okay because that whole your whole time of working your whole life before that, you had the ability to save up because you weren't living paycheck to paycheck. You weren't struggling to pay a $400 bill. You weren't struggling to put food on the table. You were able to save up because you were making a living wage. See, this is the most American dream thing that you could possibly want. Being a progressive, people assume I'm asking for a handout. Uh, I'm not personally. I work. I work pretty freaking hard. I would argue that I work harder than a lot of people. But that doesn't make me better. That doesn't make it makes me better as a uh, as a worker. It makes me better as a human in a uh, in a way that it, it develops myself. But I work more on things that are outside of work equally as much as I work at work. <laughs> I know that's like almost paradoxical, but. I work on things that are I'm passionate about. I'm, I work on building things that are greater than myself outside of my day job. Because I care. It doesn't mean that somebody that doesn't do those things outside of work should get paid less. It doesn't mean that anybody that, that just does their job, just does their job like a million times more, they they just slave away at their job. That doesn't make them a better person than you or I. It makes them a hard worker. That's good. But it doesn't mean that they deserve um, a, to have something significantly better than you. Because you might be working on, you know, building something in your neighborhood. A treehouse for your neighbors or working to help your um, elderly parent or whatever it might be. These things are not monetary. I don't know why I said it that weird, but they're not monetary. They're just a part of life. And once we finally start to reckon with the fact that wealth inequality is one of the most malignant forces in our country, one of the most malignant forces in our history, and we try to work to eliminate it, that is when people will thrive. Not survive, thrive. I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. I want all of Americans to live in prosperity. And again, this is where the American dream is. It is not antithetical to being a progressive to believe that the American dream can be possible for another generation, for multiple future generations, if we fight for what we need. The American dream in its original form is on its deathbed 
If we don't take action now, if we don't fight now, if we don't stand up for workers' rights now, if we don't support and send solidarity to working, uh, striking people, if we don't constantly remind our elected officials who they represent, they represent us, not the huge corporations, not their billionaire donors. They're supposed to represent us. And we need to be represented, whether that be for wages, healthcare, food, housing, the list goes on. But we are the ones that they're supposed to represent. The last thing I want to talk about very quickly, I guess, because nah, I'm basically running out of time here, is school board uh, nonsense as it continues to go on and this is not in uh, Pennsylvania for once I believe this is in Texas uh, where a school board uh, member has said that in regards to the Holocaust that they need to have books that present both sides Just pause a second. Think about what I I just said there. We are so disconnected with truth. Now we can argue again. I've had a I've had a full episode on way back on objective morality. There are things that are true. And there are things that are factual. And when you claim that you need to present multiple sides of something historical like the Holocaust, uh, you've quite obviously missed the point. You clearly don't know any bit of history and you don't understand the moment we are living in now see all these school boards are banning books all these school boards are saying you can't teach this you can't teach that now why don't we leave it up to on some level the teachers to teach what is applicable to kids of certain ages now of course there's certain things that aren't applicable Right. But like in, in Pennsylvania, we did it. We had books that were trying to get banned in my school district because there was a misunderstanding because the people didn't read the author. There was two books, one by one author, one by another author. And these parents didn't understand that they are two different books. What? Like, I don't understand if, if the, you know, I don't know how old these people are, but the, the, the disconnect in critical thinking and understanding, like teach critical thinking in schools, teach um, the ability to decipher and media literacy things, teach things um, that you should read an entire article. You should read the title of the book and the author before you start flipping out about this book, because if you don't know what the book is, you don't know who it's even by, you're probably not right. You know, it would be pretty, it would be pretty ridiculous 
to not know even the same realm of possibilities what you're talking about and going to school board public comments and talking about this stuff, let alone being on the board talking about making false equivalencies about both sides. And like, I don't even want to compare anything to what this woman said, because frankly, it's insensitive. Uh, again, nothing is, is really, nothing is, 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 um, worth comparing to the Holocaust. And, and the fact the, frankly, the fact is that there's a lot of people that still deny the truth of, you know, that it even happened, which is ridiculous. And that's why you can't say prevent present both sides like that doesn't make any sense. There's a factual number that's between six and seven million people died. Like you can look at six and seven million Jewish people specifically died and another six to seven million uh, other people died like it's in the history books. Like, stop trying to make false equivalencies. It is ridiculous, okay? So, do some research. This is not to you, but this is just in general. Do research, read books, uh, learn things that are applicable. Don't go to school board meetings making a jackass out of yourself by talking about both sides of an issue that don't have two sides, okay? With that being said, that's all I have for you this week. Thank you guys very much for watching. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple, please leave a review if you would like the show. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button or the, and the thumbs up, and you can support the show for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash the con o show. With all that, I'll be back next week. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.